0: Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 64. Nobody remembers the X's and O's. Nobody remembers if we did five sets of four, or four sets of five. Who cares? They remember the experiences that you created, that the, the shared suffering sometimes, but then also the shared overcoming and triumph. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else.
1: Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. This is Scott Caulfield coming to you from Washington, D.C., the 2019 National Conference. Excited to have my next guest on the show because I've known him for a long time. Coach Dave Foreman, Director of Strength and Conditioning at VMI, Virginia Military Institute. Dave, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you.
0: Thanks a lot for having me. I really do appreciate it.
1: Uh, first national conference, too, This right? is
0: my first national. I've been to okay. a lot of other NSCA events, but never the national, and this has been a great experience.
1: Yeah, what's what's it been like so far? I mean, obviously, like we were just chatting before we started rolling, this is a, this is a mix, a conglomeration of everybody that makes up the NSCA, um, and there's a lot of moving parts. But, well, yeah, what's been some of your kind of observations so far? Um,
0: you know, it, it is a mix. Like you said, I, I've noticed a lot of uh, exercise science staff – or, or, or faculty, I guess you'd say, at, at the college level and a lot of exercise science students, a, a ton of poster presentations. Um, obviously, you kind of have, I guess, your, your personal trainer, private sector, fitness crowd, and then obviously some coaches. It, it's, this is great for me since it's somewhat local. I'm a couple hours away, but um, you know, like I said, I've never been able to be at the, uh, the National before, so it, it's kind of a blend of things. It's, it's, it's pretty representative, I think, of the NSCA.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's what I tell people that, you know, that if you want to see really what the organization is entirely made up of that, that is what national conference is all about. And, and again, the tough thing, you know, from an NSCA perspective is trying to keep all those audience groups happy, right? All those different people have different interests and needs. And that's why there's you know five different tracks at some hours and different things like that but um, obviously we had the coaching track today did you catch jimmy radcliffe for a bit i went to both sessions actually and i got in on some of the
0: some of the demos Demos. in fact nice yep Nice. can can never uh, miss an opportunity to uh to glean some wisdom off coach rad he is he's one of the best and uh very 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 respected in the field and uh just just an honor to get to be uh, to learn something from him
1: Yeah. I can still bounce a little for being like coaching for 40 years. He is. He is the super ball
0: that he, (laughs) that he always talks about. I, I actually use that exact analogy, uh, probably from him, you know, tomato versus a super bounce ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and you're at VMI, you, you are kind of a one man show there. Well, tell us a little bit like what your responsibilities are and, you know, what that uh, job is like, it's pretty unique. Military universities are pretty cool places, I think, to work and you have some interesting challenges as well as you know, resources or things on your side. Well, um, yes, uh, it is a, it's, a, it's a state military school and um, the,
0: the, everybody at the school for four years has to participate in um, some branch of ROTC. There is no military commitment after graduation. Some choose to, many choose to, but you don't have to. And so, um, you know, for a coach, when you have your first strength coach, when you have your, say, two hours a day or an hour and a half, whatever it is a day, You're contending with some variables, right? Most other places would be, you know, what is their kind of social life like? What does their sleep look like? Their nutrition, um, you know, uh, finals week always presents an added stress for people or or midterms, things like that. We have another layer on top of that with some of the military, um, some of the physical military things they have going on uh, while they're there, um, you know, which could be any of the, you know, participation in any of the ROTC things each of the four branches is slightly different in terms of their requirements and demands and so um yeah it is somewhat of a challenge because you're, you're again as, as a stress manager stress imposer you know it's just trying to factor in some of these added stresses that i've i've never been a part of at any other school so it, it yeah. does present some unique challenges but our kids are great I, I they are just such great people you know they go into these you know it's a it reminds me of Stanford when I was there and I was fortunate to be at Stanford for three years and be, a, be around some great kids and obviously some great kids that went on to, you know, NFL careers, but also just great kids that are going to go on and do great things in life. And, and um, you know, some, some of our guys at VMI, they do go into, uh, you know, they do commission into various, you know, branches. We have uh, you know two guys, two recent grads, Air Force. Um, one, another guy is uh, in Buds. Uh, with navy seals Um, i think we had two just finish ocs with the marine corps and then um, another one of one of the coolest greatest kids that we had scotty frazier is uh he's an army ranger and then and then if they don't go into that they're going into some lucrative business opportunity and basically they they've made a four-year decision that's going to pay off for the rest of their life and it's it's really cool to kind of see that you know because you take a kid who's 18 who who doesn't maybe know what he wants to do or, you know, just, you know, they're they're good at a sport and, and you kind of watch them grow. And then you watch them flourish. And that's That's been so rewarding for me as I'm starting to get older is that there's starting to be more and more, you know, kids that are now men, you know, that that kind of grew up and I've, you know, now they're getting married or, I mean, one, one of my guys uh, who I had at at San Jose state is like the, uh, he's like the director of the like the chamber of commerce of like santa clara like how, how cool is that like you know it's just really yeah. cool stuff it's, it's really yeah, that's
1: rewarding amazing. for me, so yeah you mentioned being a stress manager slash stress imposer yeah and i know you know i know the guys at the air force academy really well just because of our locations together um how much yeah how much does that affect what you have to do uh on the fly, and how do you adapt that, you know, when you got guys coming in, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, we had, uh, you know, swim class from, you know, 8 to noon today, (laughs) and we have to tread water for two hours. Um, You know, yeah, like anything, you need to be flexible.
0: Um, It's been... It's been a learning, you know. It, it's been a, it's been an, an opportunity for me to kind of figure it out and grow. It's been three years, and it's I, I keep always I always say it's like a it's like a Rubik's cube, you know. I'm playing with this thing, and I think I got one side all the same color, and I look, and then I realize, oh no, I don't really know what's happening here. So, um, you know, it, it's a challenge, and um, you know, I try my best. I, I just ask the kids to communicate with me as best they can. You know, sometimes uh, some of our guys that are really really involved with. You know, whatever branch, um, you know, say that they, they, they're definitely going to commission Army and then they have, you know, a lot of not only responsibilities, say, with Army, but they also want to be, you know, they might be competing for like a, a, a national scholarship within like Army ROTC or, okay. or, or uh, they're trying to max out so that they get like the best placement or they're, they're really trying to do well in that and then juggle, obviously, a tough academic school. And I'm trying to be good at ball too, yeah. so they're they're pleasers, right? They want to do really well. So sometimes the kids who, and I just I just say just just please talk to me, you know, communicate, and I will work with you, and I will I will do my best. Because at the end of the day, if, if the kid gets broken, that's that's we're 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 shooting ourselves in the foot. That's terrible. That's that's the opposite of everything we want to do. But um, you know, I've had some kids who you know they're gonna tough it out, or like I don't know about something until after the fact, you know, and it's like oh yeah, he just you know. He just took like three apfts this week and i'm like dude you didn't tell me and they're like yeah how are you standing right now you know so um really communication's key i just asked my guys just just you know and i'm I'm, i told him you know hey i'm i'm here to help you you know i'm i want to help you be the best you can be and and that's kind of been our our thing at least as a football program you know we want you to be the best you can be athletically academically and militarily, and and kind of the way I look at it, and and this is kind of, you know, I guess a philosophy of life, it's just the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, uh, you know, I don't think that you can, you know, half-ass one thing and then be great at something else. You you tend to kind of be who you are. And and our guys are high achievers and they they want to do well. So sometimes it's just, hey, man, you know, I'm cool with you taking a step back today if we need to at the end of the day, you know, to get you better so you can recover because, you know, hey, man, you just... You just did a whole lot of that, or whatever it is. Same thing on the other end. I think communication is improving um, at the institute itself, not just between me and, and the athletes, but also the various departments within. Um, in fact, we had a very, very productive meeting a few months ago. Every, um, every, uh, I think every three years, they have a new um, person in charge of each branch, okay. and you know, then they kind of have their. I don't know philosophy is the way to put it but they you know they kind of have their way of doing things and then they have their kind of people under them who are the people who have the FaceTime and um, just you know understanding what they're looking for how can we work together for the best result so like for them they have to have FaceTime with the kids so yeah. that they can then sign off on them and say yes, he has these physical qualifications. Yes, yeah. he has these leadership qualifications. And so the result of that meeting was, you know, hey, come to practice, come to the weight room, please watch these guys kind of in action, yeah. and and then you know you know that's your face. You know you know yeah. that way we're not asking them to do two things at the same time. So, sure. Sure. so it was a very productive that's meeting, and I'm hoping that good things come from that. And like anything, you know, if everyone's communicating and we get organized, we're, you know, we roll. So does the
1: does the culture air quotes uh of being at a military institution make your life easier as a strength coach harder or not nearly above do you mean like from a a discipline aspect yeah i mean from like you know people know what being on time means and showing up and we don't we're having the right you know outfit on and we
0: don't have a lot of the issues on any level that i've experienced at other schools um you know uh i mean you know like the worst thing our kids do maybe is forget to shave you know what i mean like i yeah. mean i've been at places where we had a few felony arrests you know right. like, so, so our, our worst, worst, kid, worst kid air quotes is everyone else's model citizens so i mean we we have really great kids i mean we yeah. really really do and, and so yeah. um I guess so. I guess so but you know i mean yeah. i'm still we're still dealing with you know 18 to 22 year old young men, or maybe even 17 yeah. and um you know are they going to make mistakes of immaturity sure but like anything you know you you, you teach them they learn I, I i think they're pretty good about that so
1: yeah that's cool no that's what, and that's what i was guessing i i think you know not knowing but um so you mentioned san jose state air uh stanford you know um i, I know that we've had this conversation because i've chatted with you a lot but i know that you know you started off obviously like everyone else you know as a you know poor college student and trying to do whatever you did and whatever you can do to make it to make it and this get a get this job that's going to actually pay you uh so maybe you know jump all the way back there and kind of tell us a little bit about the humble beginnings (laughs) so i'm from
0: new york city and um you know there really was no major college football program i mean i i kind of lived near St. John's University and they used to have a football program and that's kind of where we went to local camps but I mean I guess Rutgers is like an hour away and I couldn't even tell you where Syracuse is like three hours north so. Um, but um, I played high school football and, and a couple other sports but I, I just always you know wanted to be bigger, faster, stronger right and um, I mean I'm old enough to be pre-internet so you know, you get a bunch of magazines with with Arnold on the cover and, you know, do a bunch of misinformed, you know, <laughs> pyramid sets of Van Cleans and what, you know, just just totally, you know, f- trying to figure it out yourself. And so, um, I, you know, I had this idea of a strength coach and I don't even know if it's a real thing back then because you, you couldn't Google things like this. And, um, you know, I must have seen something because this time period I'm talking about would have been like. 93 94 95 96 and you know that's when nebraska you know had a a three-year title run uh with with coach osborne and so i must have seen something and it would have had to been a national news piece maybe an abc news type of thing you know talking about coach epley and and talking about the nebraska power program and so you know but again it was just like this is this even a thing you know i don't even know and um i remember i was very fortunate in high school my junior year, I took an elective class called sports physiology, and I had a teacher named uh, Michael Kiafa, and uh, he was big into, like, the, the original, like, MMA, like, UFC, like, okay. back when there were no rules. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, again, he kind of would write up these weird programs that I'd be doing, you know, <laughs> running around and doing weird stuff. And um, he, I remember he told me to go to Indiana and to uh, major in kinesiology. And I remember I wrote that down. And of course, Indiana was not recruiting me uh, to play football, <laughs> but, um, but you know, so I, uh, I ended up going to James Madison University. And I remember like my first day there, or you know, recruiting trip, whatever it was, I remember talking to Greg Werner and said like, how do I, how do, I do what you do? And so, um, you know, so I go to school there and I, and I would play, you know, I, I played football, but then um, in the spring I would volunteer with Greg. And uh, okay. that's kind of that was my foot in the
1: door right from the start, uh, like, or after you were done playing.
0: No, no, no. Um, I don't remember if it. I don't think my freshman year, but definitely okay. my sophomore year. Okay, so, cool. so pretty early so on. It was early. We, yeah. we actually had a coach. We had a coaching change. Um, when I was a freshman, after the football season ended, and so okay. we got a new football coach, and then he they kind of split the department where they brought in a football guy. His name is Jim Durning. So I had actually an interesting education where. You know, I played for Jim and, and, and yeah. kind of learned and, and, and operated in his philosophy, but then I worked for Greg, and, who had a different philosophy. And so, okay. you know, I was very fortunate to kind of get the best of both worlds there. Well, uh, somewhere in my senior year, I don't know, I, I, I decided I wanted to own my own gym. And, you know, this kind of concept of the private sector as we kind of refer to it now, was still kind of new-ish in terms of like a facility. Um, um Velocity was kind of the the, the brand, but they were only just starting. I think they had a location or two in Atlanta and then they were going to open a Tampa um, one and they were just about to proliferate because they they got very big right after that. So um, I also always wanted to move to California. So I honestly called a place in California who I kind of thought did some, you know, private training, but of athletes, not personal training. I was kind of, you know, that was kind of like a line in the sand, so to speak. Anyway, moved out to California. Started working at this place. I learned a ton. Um, it was like a, a rehab clinic that then had that transition into sports performance. And and we, um, uh, the guy I worked for at the time was also the, the head strength coach of the LA Galaxy professional soccer team. So we we had a number of professional athletes come into the place, but we also had a, we had all sorts of athletes really. Um, but you know, after about a year, I kind of I, I I learned. I thought I wanted to learn about the business and then, okay, yeah, I'll go start my own gym. But I also learned, I don't know if I really like the business. And and I think think a lot of people do this in the private sector maybe. And I've been certainly guilty of this kind of pigeonholing myself. And I want to work with this specific population. Well, I mean, if you're in the private sector and you say, okay, I want to work with high school athletes. Well, when are high school athletes available? 3 to 7 p.m.? What are you going to do all day long? How do you pay the bills? Got to keep right. the lights on. So very soon now, you start doing a, a boot camp for moms at 9 a.m., or you know whatever other things you got to do. And so um, you know, I kind of saw the business as that, and I was like, well, I don't really know if I want to do that. So I I, I kind of was inspired to go back to school. I never intended to get a master's degree. anyway, I end up doing a lot of weird odd jobs here and there. But I end up yeah. uh, basically knocking on the door at USC. This would have been 2005. And um, I kind of had some connections to Coach Chris Carlisle through just people I'd known or worked for, people that knew him. And so, um, you know, I, I basically applied for an internship. I don't even know if they were advertising for an internship. And honestly, under the current rules, I probably would have been, you know, no thanks. So I would have been like the seventh or eighth person. Yeah. But um, very fortunate to, to let me come around there and, um, you know, learned a lot there. And then I was able to, uh, I became a GA at Old Mess. And a lot through those connections there. So I go to Old Miss and I get my master's degree, but I also kind of. I was about 26 at the time, man, 27. And I felt like I was late, like behind the the curve, you know? So I was pulling every trick in the book to graduate fast. Okay. And. I really wanted to go to graduate school and and, and really kind of learn stuff and and looking back i wish i would have got a different major you know i got another major in exercise science so like i really did not learn anything that i didn't already know i just kind of yeah. did it again yep. but um finished that and i went up to notre dame as a, as an intern for the summer that was to kind of complete my master's degree and i was fortunate because i knew um the athletic director's family um, and so I kind of got to crash it, you know, in somebody's basement, uh, you know, so I got, you know, free rent kind of. <laughs> and then I ended up, uh, I ended up, honestly, I I really didn't have anything going on at the end of the summer. I didn't have a job. So I packed up my Jeep and I drove back to California and, uh, I kind of showed up at USC like, Hey man, you know, here I am. And I really had nowhere to live and I was living in my Jeep. And then, uh, one of my friends who had been at USC, Gary Uribe. He got the head job at Sacramento State, and he called me. And he said, "Hey, you know, I got a little bit of money. We can pay you. Come up here. Can you help me out?" And I crashed to Gary's house for a couple of days, but uh, him and his wife were having their first baby back then, and you know, he was like, hey, "You know, this is going to be the baby's room," you know, and it was like any day now. <laughs> and so I was living in my Jeep the whole time, and every now and then I'd crash in the locker room or or in the in the in the football or in the weight room, and um, but nobody knew that, and I wasn't telling anybody because you know you right. don't want anybody to kind of know you're a, you're a bum, but um. <laughs> But yeah, and then um, so I was there for a little bit, and then I ended up getting a job in Northern Arizona. I moved to uh, Flagstaff, and I honestly had no clue what to expect because I thought Arizona was going to be super duper hot. Yeah, in and Northern I'd never Arizona been to Flagstaff, like seven thousand feet, right? right? Right. And I got there like, right right yeah. in the middle of monsoon season, and, and I remember a couple times I got my jeep stuck in the snow. I didn't I did not equate snow in Arizona. That, that yeah. I didn't even own a winter coat. Anyway, I was there for about a semester. And um, I did have a place to live there. I actually, I lived with uh, some of the uh, athletic training GAs. But then, um, then Stanford had advertised for a um, a paid internship, which back then actually paid more than I'd ever made. Right. So I uh, I, I was fortunate to get that job, and I moved out there. And um, you know, again, I you know, I remember I remember being asked very directly from the uh, from Shannon Turley, who was. Who was the uh, head strength conditioning coach he said uh where are you gonna live i said you know don't worry about it i got it and um you know he he didn't worry about it but i i crashed in the jeep in the parking lot for another four (laughs) or five months you know so um and then i was promoted about you know two months maybe three months in we we had some kind of staff people moved around so then i i was full-time and i was there for three years and um so yeah then i finally got a place to live i guess but um (laughs) you know we we definitely had our share of uh you know ramen or uh you know the uh the uh man there was this there's this really nice lady at at jack in the box at uh palo alto it's about two blocks from stanford and she knew me by name and every day i'd come in for the for the two tacos for 99 cents she'd say hello david hey "Hey, david two two tacos i said yes yes ma'am thank you she said do you want a drink i said no no thank you because i couldn't afford the drink and one day she goes i'll give you the drink I said thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, oh, you know, man. eating. Yeah, talk about doing what it takes. Yeah, man. but you know, sucking down as many muscle milks as you could, you know, grab or or whatever kind of supplements that the guys were on, you know, you know, right. trying to supplement your own uh, life. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I guess that's paying your dues. Is that is that what they call it? Um, you know, it's it's just that I I I knew what I wanted to do. I always knew what I wanted to do, and and whether it was a clear vision or not, you know, I nobody was going to tell me no, and 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 again, that's that's not always a good thing from from certain aspects. I mean, you know, I I probably pissed off a lot of people in my life, um, you know, I, even even maybe my relationship with my mom, you know, just just my blind pursuit of my goal, and nobody was going to tell me, you know, you know maybe maybe there's a different thing or maybe there's a better way or hey what about that money you owe me or what you know what why you run up the credit card well, um so but you know i i i i think your experiences make you who you are makes you appreciate where you are um and you know like I said there's nothing else that i there's nothing else i ever wanted to do there's nothing else i really ever wanted to do and and, and i really do find it rewarding and i think why i do what i do has changed over the years as i've gotten older and grown but and it's like i talked about it's it's i, I really like that that teaching moment when the light goes on that's what it yeah. used to be and i still like that i still like those moments when you know when but really it's it's you know i want to help that was my deal when i played you know i kinda had goals when i was in high school i had goals But i didn't really know what i was doing and there was nobody there that could kind of be a guide and that's really what a coach is right they take you from point a to point b and show you hey look this is what you want let me help you get there this is the this is the path this is the way and maybe sometimes you got to you know make sure they're still on that way or that path or sometimes goals change but um and, and it's really cool when, when when I see the guys when I see the kids achieve their goals. That that's so cool to me. You know when they have success. I've been at some some places and programs. I was fortunate. You know maybe it was right place right time, but where it was like a a, a turnaround of a program where the where the program had been you know unsuccessful and they'd lost a lot and then and then to watch and to help build and watch these kids change and see. When they're on that stage, you know, holding the trophy or the whatever and like, you know, like to see how far they've come and the work that they've put in and and sometimes hard work does pay off. I I just think that's such a cool feeling. I mean, that's that's one of my most rewarding moments. I remember we uh, it was actually here in D.C. We uh, we at at San Jose State in our second year, won the military bowl. And um, this was and we went 11 and two that year. And this was a team that two years prior won one game. Wow. And a that's lot of the same kids, you know, were on that yeah. roster and they had suffered awesome. through the bad times and to see them be so, success, it was, it was, that's so cool still. I mean, still that's, and that's how you you know, you form relationships and bonds and, and where I'm still, you know, communicating with these guys that are having kids and getting married and, you know, little things, little message on Facebook here and there or whatever, but it's, it's such a cool thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think you, you, uh, you know, when you were describing it, like what a coach does, like that's the like the original definition of coach and what coaching as it has adapted from is literally a coach stage coach, that, yeah. right? That would be pulled from place to place and directed yeah, around <laughs> yeah, exactly a hundred percent where it came from. So that's great. Um, back kind of flipping back a little to the, uh, conference too. You know, we, um, we talking earlier too. There's been some really great sessions. Um, And some really important ones. And typically, too, you know, you'll see some sessions. And uh, it's funny because we talk a lot about how you and I, when I say we, uh, you know, talk about people who complain about the profession or different things. And, you know, we had a really unique opportunity with a former athletic administrator speaking today, you know, heavily involved in coaching throughout his career, hired coaches, you know, seen the evolution of strength and conditioning and had some great insight, right, for, strength and conditioning coaches unfortunately there's very few people in the room but maybe um you know talk a little bit about what um Ted Leland so he was the athletic director at Stanford at a period of time I think he just finished up at Pacific actually mm-hmm. um, but he's been around you know 30 years in athletic administration so maybe you know kind of give us some of the insight that you've leaned out of that session Well,
0: it, one it was a great session and um, you know I, I did work at Stanford for three years I was not there with uh, with Ted Leland he was the AD previously um, the AD who I worked under was uh, Bob Bowlesby who's now the um, Big 12 yeah. commissioner but um but no, what a, it was really a fantastic session, and, and I guess, you know, we as a profession, right, we, we always like to, uh, I don't know, complain or play the victim that no one understands us or that, you know, you know how do we deal with administration? They don't know how to, how to, how to talk to us or what, they, nobody knows what we do. One, this was a guy who knows exactly what we do, and that was kind of what was great about his pre- uh, of, about his presentation. He went through his own kind of career, and, you know, he was a coach, who actually had a background in kinesiology. And so he almost, you know, again, probably in the, uh, I think he said, you know, mid to late 70s, he also kind of functioned as the the weight coach um, right. at, at Stanford, in fact, under Bill Walsh. And um, and then he transitioned into, uh, you know, administration, but he also played, you know, uh, football and, and college ball. So so as, from one as an athlete to then as a coach and, and as 30 years as an administrator, yeah. I mean, this is a guy with a tremendous wealth of experience, but also who got it and saw and this was his take on it, and it was very accurate, you know, kind of his, the, the, the trends, and how things have changed, and kind of where we sit now, and, and why expectations are so high. And, and by expectations, then we we're talking pressure, right? The pressure's on, and, and so, you know, talked about some, sometimes uh, he, he used the term, the genius of and, but really talking about the kind of dichotomous roles or expectations. Sometimes you have to kind of have one foot in each world And or serve two masters, I guess is the way he put it. And and he didn't really have any simple answers because there aren't simple answers to it. But it's like you got to find a way to do both things. And but it was great. It was great advice. I I enjoyed speaking with him briefly afterwards. I took a ton of notes. But then I turn around and there's I don't know 30 people in the room. It's a grand ballroom. There's 30 people in the room, and it's just it's disheartening in a way. Now you know maybe maybe you know as we spoke earlier that that maybe the. the, the 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 attendees you know when you look at kind of the, the 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 scope of the attendees if you're an exercise science student maybe maybe that means nothing to you but but you know the room should be packed with coaches in my opinion and and I do think and we spoke about this that that maybe that's that's something to be revisited maybe at a coaches conference when yeah. when you might have a, a a larger audience that that could hear that message because it was great it was great I really that was probably the you know what that was the best one. Um, that I've seen. And, and there were some great speakers here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Mike Isretel. I really enjoyed Tim Sakamel. I, I hope I said that yes. right. Yep. But um, very, very mm-hmm. dynamic speakers. Very clear, good humor in, in kind of inserted in there. Um, really good stuff. And then, of course, Coach red like I mentioned, Coach Connors as well uh, earlier today.
1: No, that's a great point. You know, it's obviously we had him in the national I, I know knowing I'd been in touch with him ahead of time and kind of helped him figure out some of the outline for his presentation actually ahead of time too and I knew we were kind of putting it into today which is like our coaching day but I, I definitely have it had it in the back of my mind that this is one that needs to come to the January conference because obviously that's our most captive audience of strength and conditioning coaches yeah I,
0: I really think that that it was a great you know presentation and message and one that coaches need to hear and, and learn from. And, you know, again, he didn't give any simple answers. There is no simple answer as to kind of how do, how do we operate. But he did give some great, you know, take-home points and, or takeaways and, and things to think about and things to go back to your own situation and then try to develop. You know, every school is a little different. Every role is a little different. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a critical relationship that we, you know, we complain about. But we, we need to foster, because um, yeah. at the end of the day, these are the people who are hiring and firing us yeah. in, in, the, in the coaching world, you know, so.
1: Well, I think, correct me if I'm wrong or elaborate, you know, if I'm right, but I think one of his key things was, you know, a lot of times strength and conditioning coaches aren't helping themselves by any means well, because of some of the things they're we doing. We did say
0: that, and you know what, that, that's very interesting because my, I, I report directly to our athletic director. And, uh, and he's great he really is great his name is dr dave dials and um you know that's something i think a lot of ad's want they you know and and maybe it's just FaceTime, but but to be seen a lot of times you know i think we can be very comfortable in our hole. you know maybe we have our own staff but, but you know but um you know to, to get out there and be you know engage with people engage with other people in the department or engage with faculty and staff on campus just don't you know don't that that's one of the things one of my biggest regrets you know i worked at stanford for three years and i was an assistant at stanford but i never left the basement how many books have i read by people who work at stanford sent you know uh um, robert sapolsky uh at the time that the heath brothers um I could have went and sat in their office. Yeah. I never did. Same thing at San Jose State. You'd think I would have learned. And plus, being in the place we were, I mean, in the middle of the Silicon Valley, yeah. um, you know, seeking out these opportunities. I tried to do a better job of that when I was at Colorado. But even still, in fact, I listened to a, a podcast recently by um, uh, one of the guests on there was a guy named Dr. Dick Carpenter. They were kind of talking about licensure as a potential direction for the profession. And, and he's a researcher from the University of Colorado. Again, here's a resource that's right there right there somebody i never heard of or never went and talked to and i should have yeah. you know so yeah. um but even from a learning perspective but but even just from a relationship perspective you know uh you know jeff Connors was was, was talking about earlier you know he really got involved with the uh, with the sprints and jumps coaches yeah. you know when yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about speed work and things like that because they know it better than, than we do probably that's their world and you know he really got ingrained with those people now you know place like us we, we do have uh uh, our campus is kind of spread out. There's not a central location. In fact, most of the schools that I've been at, there's no like one giant building where everybody is. There's usually multiple buildings or a series of facilities, but you know, get out, take a walk, go over there, go and go say hi. You know, he said, volunteer for things. Go be involved in search committees. Go ask, you know, what else can I do? How else can I help? Um, you know, I think that goes a long way when people, you know, if people truly don't understand what we do, it What does it go back to um how to win friends and influence people by Dale yeah. Carnegie, yeah. yeah, just you know hey, he's a good guy, yeah, you know, and that goes a long way. hey, he's a nice guy, they don't know what you do, but he's a nice guy he's around. He asked me about my family you ask questions ask yeah, questions yeah. about that person, get to know them, get them talking about themselves so um but you know and, and it's it's important, but you know, people need to hear that you know.
1: Yeah, now, you know, uh one of the reasons I like talking to you is cuz you're always m- very introspective and like you're you're talk. you know, you talk about things like uh, you know, you realize I should have done this or I could have done this better. Um it's part of the kind of thing i think that you know shows that you've you're really committed to you know growth overall and, and improving yourself so I,
0: I spent most of my 20s knowing everything so um, <laughs> you know I, I spent most of my 30s getting my getting my you know punched in the stomach and 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 <laughs> realizing that's not the case so uh here i am at 40 uh who knows where we're going but yeah. You know, I mean, I think at some point you got to be fairly self-aware and understand what are your strengths and weaknesses and what can I work on and what can I do better. And, and you know, again, if if you want to be good at what you do or if, if you want imp- to improve, again, how you do anything is how you do everything. Again, how do you approach your job? Are you are you just kind of collecting a paycheck or are you trying to constantly improve? And and I think that especially when I, you know what's interesting, actually, we talk about my career a little bit. I just realized this the other day. I am. I, um, I'm more than three years at v m i now i started uh, i think June fifteenth or something three 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 years ago twenty sixteen this is my this is the place i've been at the longest, which is actually kind of crazy this is this is my longest tenured job yeah I was at Stanford for three years exactly i was at uh San Jose state for two i was at Colorado for three and now i 'm going into my fourth year and um yeah it's uh It's kind of interesting. The longer you stay at a place, I think the more, you know, the more time you have with these kids and they can see not only growth in them, like I mentioned earlier, but I think they can also see and appreciate maybe the growth in you and they see how you've changed from day one till here we are now. And then, and these are the kids when they come back after they graduate and, you know, they, 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 they go out of your way, out of their way to come seek you out. Hey coach, how are you doing? Hey man, good to see you You with this homecoming or whatever event. But, um, again, that's, that's really rewarding, but I think they see that, you know, they see that, you know what, I didn't have all the answers. I, I can be vulnerable. I can, uh, I'm, that's what I'm really working on is trying to build relationships. I never thought that was important or a thing. And I mean, I was absolutely wrong about that. I mean, that's really all that matters now. That's honestly yeah, all that matters. Really and, thing and you know, great yeah. people have written about it. You know, I mean, Brett <laughs> Bartholomew is tremendous. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, Angelo James is is like is is like my secret weapon um more people should should follow angelo james and and his work and and he really is uh a tremendous resource and um those guys are just great and it you know that's what they talk about you know like building connection you know even even ron mckee talks about that you know is you know uh, because nobody remembers the x's and o's nobody remembers if we did five sets of four four sets of five who cares they remember the experiences that you created the 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 shared suffering sometimes but then also the shared overcoming and triumph and that's why again that san jose state those two years like you there were there were kids there who were labeled losers and then we were champions and they have that forever you know and but it's so cool again like because they're they 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 have that mentality now in life you know they've dealt with adversity they've dealt with some bad stuff and they know you know what if i if i keep working if i keep pushing it'll be okay and 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 later on in life that's going to be Who knows, you know, somebody, you get a phone call when some relative has cancer or, you know what, you're, you know, I don't know, you you just went bankrupt or you just lost your job. And
1: you know what, I can deal with those things, too, because I've dealt with this, too. So, I don't know, it's life lessons in the weight room. (laughs) <laughs> I love it, man. That's what it's all about. Um, this has been amazing. This has been a great episode. I know we got to get let let uh let you get back to the last session here of the conference. Um, I know people are gonna want to follow up with you. Uh, you you got any social media to throw out or anything you wanna be uh, able to be connected by? Oh, I we you
0: know what? I have a Twitter because <laughs> that's where the kids are at, and you know I kind of have goofy fun on Twitter like I obviously follow a lot of people so I get to see some good info on my feed but I also follow like you know like there's like this one thing about gi joe toys which just brings me back to like nostalgia almost like watching stranger things like my nostalgic yeah, youth yeah yeah so um i can't promise you i'm putting out great content on social media but i think i'm funny but um you know i try to celebrate our guys kind of give them a platform you know whatever it is you know hashtag flex friday or you know something yeah, yeah. like that but um it's uh it's at vmi strength again if you want to shoot me a message, please do. I I love connecting with people, but yeah, I, I'm not, uh, there are certainly, uh, many,
1: many, many smarter people doing social media a lot better than I am. Well, man, we appreciate you being on the show. Definitely appreciate you coming to the conference and taking time out from your busy schedule. And, you know, I appreciate your friendship over the years. So thanks again for coming on and Thanks to everybody listening, especially we, you know, the, the support of the podcast has been outstanding. Uh, we never thought it would, you know, I, I don't know. I never thought it would be the takeoff like it has. So we've had tremendous support. And again, it's because of all you guys listening. So thanks again for listening. And thanks again to our good friends at Sornex Exercise Equipment who support the podcast and everything we do at the NSCA. We couldn't do it without any of you. Thank you, Sorenx. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. And if you're engaged on social media a lot like me, you also need to check out NSCA's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.
0: This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals.
1: Be sure to join us next time.